1: Money Pit is presented
2: by DAP Spray Texture and Dice Coatings. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler, and I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are so happy to be here with you today, helping you fix up home sweet home just in time for the holidays. If you've got a question, we'll reach out to us right now by going to moneypit.com/ask or call us at one Money Pit. Well, guys, we've got a good show planned for you, starting with as the days get shorter and those temperatures start to sink, most households find their home heating bills are starting to run out of control. And even worse, sometimes it feels like your house just stays cold no matter how high you crank that heat. So we're going to share three simple ways that you can cut those heating costs and get comfortable.
0: And dishwashers can get a pretty hard workout during the holiday season. If you're ready for a replacement, a new Consumer Reports survey says paying more for a dishwasher won't guarantee a more reliable machine. We're going to explain just ahead.
2: And you guys love the classic look of marble tops in your kitchen or bath, but not the very high costs. We're going to share a new product that provides a beautiful
0: marble surface without that usual expense. But first, our focus is you. We want to know what you guys want to know. What are you working on? What are your plans? Are you getting a Christmas tree this week? Are you decorating for the holidays? Are you still full from Thanksgiving? What's going on? Maybe you're too full to tackle those home improvement projects. Well, let's start researching one then. So let us know what you are working on so we can lend a hand.
2: Just waddle right over to the phone and call us at one <laughs> Money Pit, or just go to moneypit.com slash ask. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first?
0: All right, we've got Lisa from Illinois on the line right now. She's got a question about grout. What's going on? Well, uh, we have big
3: um porcelain tile, and then there's grout lines that you can see very easily, and they were light color, but in the high traffic areas, they're darker. And I've tried to clean them, and they just, I don't know, I just don't feel like I can get them to that lightness again, so I'm wondering what, if you had any... Recommendations on how to get a much lighter, or what we might have to have to do.
2: Yeah, so so two things. First of all, um, there's a, there's a type of product called grout cleaner, but there's another type of product called grout stripper, and the grout strippers are much stronger. So whatever product you're choosing, you want to make sure it's a grout stripper and not a grout cleaner, and then follow the manufacturer's directions and see how that goes. Grout strippers usually work a lot better at pulling out dirt and uh, floor waxes and dust and things that spill, you know, all that kind of stuff is better with a grout stripper than a grout cleaner. Um Secondly, if it still is kind of gross, the other thing that you could consider doing is just re-grouting that area. Uh, there, You would have to have a, a, a tile uh installer grind out the old grout joints, which is actually not that hard to do. And once that grout joint is removed, then kind of replace it with new grout and you start from scratch again. This time, though, I would use a grout sealer which helps protect the quality of that grout. But when you have wide grout joints on a big tile floor like that, it's going to be a sandy grout. So it's kind of a target for, you know, for dirt. And uh, that's kind of where you're at right now. So we'll see if we can get that restored. Now,
3: it, it does have sealer on it.
2: Yeah, well, sealer is not the kind of thing that you do once. you got to do it on a regular basis. And if you put the sealer over the dirty grout, then that makes it even harder to clean it. But the grout stripper will pull all that out.
0: Oh, great. Super deal. Thank you so much for your help.
2: Good luck with that project.
0: We've got John in Mississippi on the line with some gurgly toilets. Definitely not a fun noise we want to hear. What's going on?
4: I have uh, two bathrooms that were built back-to-back, and the toilets are back-to-back. So when one flushes, the other one either half drains or mostly drains. So I'm wondering what the answer would be to stop this from happening.
2: Hey, John. Well, when you have toilets that have that sort of gurgling or where they tend to drain when another toilet is flushed, it's caused by one thing and one thing only, and that is a lack of proper venting. Think about it. When you flush the toilet and the water goes down, it's pulling air at the same time, and it pulls that air from the vent pipe, which goes, I would bet, uh, through the wall between these two bathrooms up to the roof. So the first thing I want you to do is go outside and look up and make sure you got that vent pipe there. And the second thing is if you do, figure out why it's blocked because I think that's what's going on. I think that vent pipe is obstructed. And so for that, you might have to have a drain cleaner come in and run a drain snake down. But if it's clogged, then you're not going to be able to take air into the plumbing system. And that's going to basically cause the plumbing system to try to pull air wherever it can. And it's exhibiting itself by partially flushing the adjacent toilet because it's the nearest fixture. So totally solvable and not that uncommon.
0: Hey there. We hope you're enjoying this episode of our podcast. If you are, you know what would totally make our day is if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.
2: Absolutely. Just go to moneypit.com slash review and let the world know how much you enjoy our home improvement tips and tricks. And you might even win a copy of our book.
0: Catherine's on the line and needs some help potentially with a holiday gift. What's going on? My daughter has a white marble countertop that is very badly stained. I wonder if that product you were just talking about—if it is something that can go over existing stained marble—if uh, it is, that might be what they get for Christmas.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're talking about uh, Dice Coatings product. It's called Marble Dream, and it's a marble resurfacing kit. Now, Dice does tell us that the product will work over stone, so that's what you have there. It works over. Laminate, concrete, plywood, uh, stone, pre-coated and solid surfaces. So I do think you could use the marble resurfacing kit on top of real marble that's completely worn out. And it's a pretty easy project to do. You can do it in a week, and you basically put on the marble dream base coats first, and you let that dry. And then you, you put a sealant on top of that, and you're pretty much good to go. Not terribly expensive either. So check that out at DeichCoatings.com. It's D-A-I-C-H Coatings.com. And yes, I think it would be great under the holiday tree as well.
0: I was going to say, that makes a pretty good gift. Now, if you were going to give the gift and do the project, that's an even better gift.
2: That'd be a better gift.
0: (laughs) Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors?
2: That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher.
0: John in Minnesota, you've got the money, pit. how can we help you today?
2: Yes, I have a sauna in my
1: basement that I have to transfer over to a a shower.
2: Okay, you want to convert it to a shower?
1: Yes, and I'm wondering what I could put on those walls to dress it up, like um, some paneling or panels, or do I have to use...
2: tile okay well first of all um, before we talk about what you're going to put on the walls how are you going to drain this is there a drain below the floor
1: yes i have a cement floor and there's a, a drain right in the middle of the in the room there yes
2: now do you know if that drain is connected to the plumbing system of the house or is it just a basic floor drain that perhaps goes outside somewhere
1: it is hooked up to the uh, uh, my sewer system.
2: All right, terrific. Well, that's the hardest part. That's solved. So now it just becomes sort of a decor question for you. And you say that, that this was a sauna at some point in time? Yes. So I guess the sky's the limit here. I mean, what do you like? Do you like tile? Do you like uh solid surfacing materials like corian? I mean you have you can pretty much do anything at this point. You're gonna start with the floor and you're gonna put you're definitely gonna put tile on the floor, I would think, and replace that drain with a cover that's built into the tile base. Um, and then from there you're going to build it up. So you could do really anything you want to do at this point. You could put uh, tile on those walls. You could put solid surfacing materials on those walls. You know, or if you want to keep it funky, you could leave them as a wood. You could leave it as wood. I'm presuming it's probably cedar or some other type of moisture resistant material. Um, well, the walls are that. Gla- it's that clay tile. Oh, the walls are clay tile. So then it has to be covered. Yeah. So then the right thing to do here, if, if it's, it's basically sort of a raw. Surface right now is you're going to need to put in a shower pan to start with and then build up the bathroom from there. Now, if you've already got walls that are sort of creating this, how big is the space that the sauna was in now? Eight by eight. Okay, do you want an eight by eight shower? You want it to be a a, pretty much a a drive in shower there? (laughs) That's a pretty big shower, but you want it to be that big?
1: Well, I was going to probably have like 80% of it the shower. I wanted to put a double like a double two-headed shower or one on the, yeah. have a rain shower on top and one coming out the side and then the other. Yeah, like a car wash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then the other part, just kind of a drying area. So
2: John, this sauna area, this eight by eight area, this is made of the terracotta clay tile? Yes. And I think you can glue a uh, ceramic tile right to that with a good quality tile adhesive, as long as it's fairly flat. Uh, because the tile is not going to bend. But if it's a flat surface, you should be able to adhere the tile right to it since it's already a water-resistant back. Uh, and 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 pretty much go up from there now the the floor have to build up a uh, a shower pan there so you get good drainage down to the to the to the hole in the floor, so to speak. but once you get that established, I think you could adhere ceramic tile right to those terracotta terracotta walls and go right from there now, make sure that you have ventilation in that space you have an exhaust fan of course, do all your plumbing uh, ahead of time, and the last thing you'll do is lay those tile walls in. Does that make sense okay Yes, it does. All right, John, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Well, as the days get shorter and temperatures start to sink, most households find their home heating bills starting to run out of control. And even worse, sometimes it feels like your house just stays cold no matter how high you crank the heat.
2: Well, if this sounds like your life, it's time to take some action to lower those heating costs by addressing these three common home heating mistakes. First mistake is this. Not doing your HVAC system maintenance. I am not kidding, folks. No matter what kind of heat you have, whether it's baseboard heat, old school radiators, forced air heating, radiant heat through the floor, it's critical because you can lose a lot of efficiency if those systems are not properly maintained, not to mention that they can get dangerous. So get that heating system service now and change your filters frequently.
0: Now, mistake number two is ignoring drafty windows and attics. Older homes with outdated windows, they can leak a surprising amount of heat, especially if they aren't properly sealed. Even a small crack along the base or a side of a window can have a big impact when it's really cold out. Now an imperfectly sealed window can be a major point of energy efficiency as well. Now you gotta remember that glass itself is not a great insulator. And outdated single pane windows are often to blame for those heat leaks heavy drapes or insulating panels, they definitely can help solve this problem. Curtains that are heavy enough to block cold air, they can also keep the hot sunshine out of the house, which provides year-round temperature control benefit. So there is a lot that you can do.
2: And next, abusing the thermostat. What do we mean by abusing the thermostat? Well, there are a few ways to improve the efficiency in terms of the way you use that thermostat. One common mistake That a lot of people make is they crank up the heat for folks that are cold while shutting off heat registers in the bedroom of those who don't like it hot. This is actually not a good idea because it causes pressure inconsistencies within the HVAC system, and ultimately it leads to the system needing to work harder and use more energy.
0: Yeah, and you might also want to upgrade to a digital programmable thermostat because that's going to allow for round-the-clock temperature control. You can set it to turn the heat down when you're asleep or when you're out of the house, for example, and that can help you save a lot of money when you really don't need a toasty warm house.
2: That's right. So don't wait for that first really big heating bill to take on some of these simple fixes. And while you're at it, be sure to take a look at your home's insulation. The number one place to do that is in the attic. That's really going to save you quite a bit and improve your comfort at the same time.
0: All right. Now we've got Anna on the line who needs some help with some door improvement. Tell us what you're working on.
3: Hi. Yes, I have uh, one metal door and three fiberglass door. I I got a guy to paint it. And not knowing, when I got home, he actually painted with a spray can paint. So when the, when the heat hits the door,
2: I can't open the door because
3: it's <laughs> oh, to the, the door jam.
2: What a mess. What a How mess. do I repair that? Well, you know, even though he painted it with spray paint, it should still work. I mean, it should dry. The fact that it's spray paint is not making it uh, any more or less tacky than perhaps if you use paint out of a gallon. Um, but the fact that it's sticking might mean that the door needs a bit of adjustment inside the opening. Are all the doors sticking?
3: All the doors sticking, right on the rubber of the door jamb. It's like, I think that it's a shushu can paint. Not, I'm like, you sprayed what to the door?
2: What kind of paint did he use?
3: He, I call it a shushu, regular can paint. Like he went to the hardware, a, a hardware store, got a, a spray can paint and sprayed it.
2: Well, look, what you should do now, if you've had uh, a bad paint job, is you really have to pull that old paint off. So I would take the doors off of the hinges, lay them down horizontally, use a paint remover to pull off the paint that's there. Once you get it back down to where it was when you started, then I would prime the doors first. And I would use an oil-based primer because that's going to give you good adhesion to both the metal and the fiberglass doors. And then I would put a good top quality uh, finish coat on that using a semi-gloss paint then let them dry really well and then reinstall them.
3: So, I is it possible then to uh, this is on metal and fiberglass to get a paint remover for this thing?
2: Yes, there's paint removers. The citrus-based removers are the most effective. So use the citrus-based paint removers, pull off the old paint, prime the doors and then repaint them and you should be good to go. Okay, Anna. Thank you so very much again. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. just go to Aquatrue.com, that's dot com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any Aquatrue water purifier when you go to Aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT.
0: Now we've got Eddie in Delaware on the line who's dealing with a moisture situation going on. Tell us about it. I'm
4: having a moisture problem with uh, two out of the three bathrooms. It's a three bathroom home um, and um each each bathroom has a um inline exhaust fan um and this this occurred last season uh last winter season um and we've got a really severe winter um and and we're getting a lot of conversation. I have um dampers in two of the bathrooms at the ceiling. Um, And last season, last winter season, I installed uh, additional damper uh, after the exhaust fan, after the inline fan in the ceiling, and I was still getting a lot of moisture. Uh, Actually, at the ceiling where the sheetrock was actually falling apart, that's how much moisture we got.
2: Okay, first of all, um, right above this space, is there an attic? What's, What's above it?
4: Yes, it's an attic, yes. All
2: right, and how much insulation do you have in that attic?
4: Uh, The the home is only um, eight years old.
2: So first of all, bathrooms are sources of warm, moist air. Um, If the temperature of the drywall is chilly, it's going to condense and cause condensation. So you want to make sure that the attic above it, that you've got at least 15 to 20 inches of insulation in there. That's really important.
4: Oh, there is. Uh, There definitely is. And what I also did was... When I, when I started having this problem, I replaced the flexible ductwork, which was originally R6, to the maximum of R8. And I'm still getting the problem. And these two bathrooms that I'm having the problem, yeah, um, they're not used for um, showers or bathing of any sort.
2: The second thing I want to suggest to you is you mentioned that you have exhaust fans in two of the three.
4: No, no. All three have their own individual Inline exhaust fans, yes.
2: Okay, so inline, in other words, it's ducted out somewhere. They're all connected together and ducted out at once. No, to no, one they're point. not connected. To, they're not
4: connected together. They're uh, they're all different.
2: They all vent on their own out 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 the building. Yes. And you can confirm that the that the vents are working. So if you turn the fan on, if you go outside, you'll see the flapper. Yes. So hooking them up to a you, you thermostat slash timer. Might not be a bad idea because this way, when the humidity gets high in the room, it'll automatically come on. Leviton makes such a switch designed specifically for bath fans, and I think that might be the next step. I think we need to move air more air through these rooms. The second thing is, what's underneath these bathrooms? Are these are these on the second floor or first floor? Are they over a slab?
4: It's a ranch home.
2: And what's underneath? Uh, crawl space. Crawl space? Okay. Does the crawl space have a high humidity problem? No. I would recommend that you replace the existing fan switch with a humidistatically controlled fan switch. Yeah, okay, I'll try. Eddie, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling at 888 Money Pit.
0: Thomas in Tennessee is on the line with a wallpaper question. How can we help you today?
4: I have two layers of wallpaper in a small half bath that I'm trying to take off, and I was wondering what your guys' best solution is. One is a lighter wallpaper like you would find in the rest of a house. But the other one is a very thick, waterproof type that is um, mostly used in bathrooms.
2: Yeah, well, removal is pretty much the same regardless of that type. You know, essentially what you have to do is you've got to run a tool across the paper called a paper tiger. And it's a tool that puts small, prickly-sized holes in the paper. And then once you have those holes in there, you can apply a water, um, uh, a wallpaper paste remover to it, which will soak into the paper, get behind it, and start to loosen it up. Now, it's a lot of work, but, you know, considering it's just the bathroom, perhaps it won't be that difficult for you. If you really, really, really have a hard time getting that paper off, you could always rent a wallpaper steamer, and that will make the job a little bit easier.
5: Oh, okay. Well, do you have any uh, home remedies for this? Where you don't have to buy a whole lot of tools because I'm
2: kind of on a budget. Well, the paper tiger is not very expensive. It's a little hand tool. It's probably seven or eight dollars, something like that. So that plus a few dollars for the wallpaper paste remover is that. All, that's really all you're going to need.
0: Okay. Well,
2: thank you. All right, Thomas. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
0: Well, dishwashers often face significant demands during the holiday season. However, if you're contemplating an upgrade, a recent survey conducted by Consumer Reports reveals that shelling out more money for a dishwasher doesn't necessarily equate to greater reliability.
2: Yeah, that's right. This is pretty impressive. Consumer Reports surveyed 75,000 of its members to find out which dishwasher brands are the most dependable. They actually collected data on a, I think it's a staggering 85,000 dishwashers that are purchased within the last 10 years. The results revealed both some really good stand-up performers that are known for their reliability and some really underperforming options that could lead to breakdown expenses over time.
0: Now, among the 25 dishwasher brands represented in the surveys, the highest reliability ratings were scored by Bosch. Gaggenau, Meal, and Thermador, and dishwashers from these manufacturers exhibited the lowest likelihood of experiencing performance issues or breakdowns within those initial first five years of usage.
2: Now, it's worth noting that the dishwashers from these top-rated brands tend to lean towards the more expensive end of the spectrum, but even that said, the cost can vary depending on the specific models within the brand, so you can still find some pretty durable, long-lasting dishwashers among the brands that offer more budget-friendly options.
0: Yeah, so you may be wondering which brands were the most likely to break down. Now, Electrolux, Samsung, and Amana distinguished themselves with higher incidence of performance problems compared to other brands, and many members reported that dishwashers from these brands often fell short in effectively cleaning the dishes.
2: So bottom line, if you're in the market for a new dishwasher and you prioritize one that works and works all the time, you want want to look at Bosch, Gaggenau, Miele, and Thermador. Those are the clear winners. You know, I have used Bosch. For the last two dishwashers, I had to replace one at my mom's house and one at my house. And I'm really happy with the result, except for the mice that chewed through the water line.
0: <laughs> that was you terrible. You can't
2: blame for that.
0: <laughs> Wade in South Dakota is on the line and has a question about siding. How can we help you?
4: Hi. Uh, we had a, a big hailstorm come through, and it took out a bunch of our siding, our steel mm-hmm. siding. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of fighting with the insurance company to, to find an exact match. Uh, My question, I guess, is the house is close to 20 years old. What are the chances that the siding that they pick is going to match up with the color?
2: Between little and none. (laughs) That's kind of what I figured. (laughs) And and listen, Wade, this is not a new argument with insurance companies. It happens all the time with roof damage, you know. Let's say you get ice stand damage and you have to just replace like uh, three feet of roof on the front of the house, or maybe you get leaks around a, a vent or something and you have to replace a piece of roof. Insurance companies traditionally replace the entire roof. and In your case, they should be replacing all of your siding without argument because they've got to restore it uh, at least as good as it was before and giving you mismatched siding isn't what you contracted them to do. So I would stick to your guns. And sure, give them the opportunity to find a replacement, but they won't be able to, and you don't have to accept it, and you can insist that it all be replaced with brand-new siding. Do you have a private adjuster on this to help you with with the claim?
4: Um, somebody that the insurance company contacted,
2: no. yes. That adjuster's working for the insurance company. What you want to do is get a public adjuster, and a public adjuster works for you, the public, and they work on commission, so it doesn't really cost you much to have these guys on, uh, on the job. And they're there to find every single solitary thing that they can claim for and get that into the claim. So everything from picking up the nails on your property that will be part of that construction project to getting the whole house recited. They try to get that claim as full as possible because the more they find, the more money they make because they're all in commission. So I would definitely find a good quality public adjuster, perhaps check with your attorney, do your research, find somebody that uh, has a lot of experience and uh, let them fight for you so you don't have to fight with the insurance company. Great. I'll definitely look into that. Thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Dina and I was on the line with a painting question. How can we help you today? I have this
3: brown paneling
0: and it goes all the
3: way from the floor to the ceiling in every room. And I wondered if I can paint over this or wallpaper, or what is your
2: suggestion? Wow. That's a, what's that, uh, 1970s? Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I kind of remember that growing up. We had those, that era in my house. And, uh, you know, it's always better to remove it, but you can paint it. What you want to do, Dina, is you want to prime it. So the first thing you would do is you would clean it. You would lightly sand it and because there's so much of it um i would when i go to the paint store i would get a um a sand a sanding extension it's on a on a pole it's like a pole with a in, in right, with an indexing head at the bottom at the end of it i should say and you can run this pole over the surface and sand it and rough it up a little bit and then you're going to want to prime it and I would use a good quality oil-based primer. It'll go on nice and thick. It'll give you a good solid surface on which to add the wall paint. And then you can use latex wall paint on top of that. And I think it'll come out nice. Uh, and, uh, and, and it'll go on easy if you do those steps in that order. Because once you prime it, you get a very nice even surface. It fills in uh, any of the imperfections in the surface. And it will make sure that that top coat can be accepted properly.
3: What about those grooves?
2: You're always going to have those grooves. You can't do anything about it unless you want to take the paneling down, which, by the way, could be an option because... Sometimes when they put the paneling up, they just nailed it with these types of uh, small, very thin ring nails. You could ex- you could experiment with the possibility of taking that paneling off the walls, and you may find that underneath it is drywall. Now, generally, you have to do a lot of spackling, sometimes retaping, and that kind of thing. But it is possible that underneath that paneling are some decent, uh, typical drywalled covered walls.
3: Okay, it sounds like. A Saturday
2: job. Yeah, well, at least if you've got that much paneling, it might be a, a couple of Saturdays jobs, a lot of Saturdays. Yeah. All right, Dina, good luck with that project. Thank you so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you guys love the look of marble tops in your kitchen or bath, but not the cost of those tops, Dice Coatings is now out with a brand new product called the Marble Dream Resurfacing Kit. And what it does is it lets you create a beautiful marble surface in just a weekend.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's a roll-on marble resurfacing kit, so it's great for countertops, vanities, and tabletops. It comes in four elegant color schemes and even lets you create real marble-veined surfaces in just a few simple steps with no special skills needed. Now, you can create a tough, resilient marble surface with distinct, defined veins, or if you like that softer, swirly kind of look, you definitely can do that, too. It's really easy to use. You don't need any special skills. Everything that you do need is included in that kit, and it's all 169 bucks. So it's really a great cost-effective way to achieve something super gorgeous.
2: You'll find the new Marble Dream Resurfacing Kit at Deich Coatings for 169 bucks. But actually, I think it's on sale right now for less. Deichcoatings.com, D-A-I-C-H, coatings.com.
0: All right, our next caller has a question that I'm happy to answer over the phone but will not go see in person. William in Delaware has mice. What is going on over there?
5: Yeah, We recently, back in March, moved into a Habitat for Humanity home, and we really enjoyed Row in downtown Wilmington, okay. And for the first, I'd say, four or five months, we had no problems with mice or anything else. But the last three or four months, man, we've been getting mice coming in from the basement. I think that's where they're coming from. We've caught, like, 25 mice in the last three or four months. Wow. We've got sticky traps out. I've gone around and put low-expanding uh, foam in any cracks I can find and uh, basement penetration stuff, but I don't, I don't know where they're coming in. Other than that, and I was wondering if you had any ideas for what next, what to do next.
2: Well, why don't you get a cat and a snake? Problem will be solved. <laughs>
5: Right. Well, of you. my family's allergic to dogs and cats, so I can't do
2: that. <laughs> well, look, um, have you tried bait yet?
5: Well, yeah, I had some bait traps outside, but they're still coming in.
2: Okay, so is it, getting rid of rodents is sort of a management problem, all right? You know, they're so small, they can squeeze into the space the size of a, of a nickel. And so you're doing all of the right things. Now, Outside the house, and since it's a newer house, this may not be the case. But we always tell people to not store firewood against house, not store garbage against house, to make sure that there's there's no you know uh, areas where mice can sort of linger around the outside of the house. Inside the house. You want to make sure you don't have any kind of food source. So if you had a pet, that might be you know the dog food bag, or if you have a, a pantry, that might be the cere- not keeping the cereal boxes on the bottom shelf where they can be chewed into by mice. You know, those are all the normal things. Beyond that, it's a maintenance issue uh, where you're going to make sure you keep. You said baits outside. I would put bait inside. Um, what I would do is—is is this on a basement or a crawl space? Yes, yeah, it has a basement. But- so I would, and the basement's not finished. No, it's not. So what I would do is. I would get some bait, some bait stations, put up on the ledge uh, between the concrete block and the bottom sill where the framing is. That's sort of like the highway that the mice the mice will use to crawl all around the outside of the house. So put your bait stations right there so that they can have uh, some have some of that delectable uh, poison and then go outside and die. Well,
5: hopefully that's what, well, that's what I was a little leery about. I'm afraid that they they might die inside the house
2: place where I can get nah, now occasionally you could find one inside the house but it's unusual normally they'll go outside the thing is as the weather gets colder they go inside because they they like a nice they like a nice warm house as well but you got to prevent them by sealing up all the gaps and putting out uh, bait stations okay well
5: i'll try more of the bait stations outside
2: then not outside put the bait inside on that ledge oh, okay. okay okay yes i will all right good luck with that problem okay thanks you're welcome bill thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit
0: Rebecca reached out to Team Money Pit and says, I have a toilet that keeps running. After watching YouTube videos, know that my first step is to turn off the water at the toilet, but I can't turn the knob. I don't want to cause a problem by forcing it with a tool and then making more of a problem. Is there another way to turn off the water?
2: Yeah, that's a pretty smart thing, Rebecca, to stop right there because the handles on those toilet valves are pretty weak and you can easily bend them or break them off. So if you can't turn the water off at the toilet valve itself, one way to get around this is to turn the water off at the main water valve. This will turn, of course, all the water off in the house, but it will get you through having to replace uh, the innards of that toilet, which, by the way, you, you want to replace both the fill valve and the flush valve because you've got to drain the toilet anyway, so you might as well uh, get that done. Now, in terms of freeing up that toilet valve, what you could try to do is to spray it with a penetrating oil and then sort of work it back and forth using only hand pressure. What happens with those toilet valves is they leak just a tiny little bit and they get kind of like mineral salts that are stuck to them in there and they kind of grind away and eventually it acts like a glue or something. It just seals it, you know, and you can't do anything with it. But if you try to like put a, wrench on it or something, you're going to most likely bend that valve. And then you're going to need a plumber to cut it out and put a new one in, and that's going to get expensive. So I wouldn't give up on that. But in terms of just your immediate need, you can simply turn the water off at the main water valve. And by the way, if that doesn't work, you better fix that valve right away. You're going to definitely need a plumber because that's something you've got to be able to turn off because who knows where the next leak's going to happen. And if it does, you want to be sure that your main water valve works.
0: All right, Rebecca, good luck with that. Now, Laura wrote in saying, we want to remodel our laundry room. The floor is cement and slants toward a center drain. What is the best kind of flooring at an economical price that would work for the laundry room flooring?
2: You know, what do you think about good old-fashioned ceramic tile for that, I mean, I think if you used a small tile, like a two-by-two or a mosaic, you could sort of curve it down towards the drain. I've seen that done in, you know, commercial bathrooms and showers and stuff like that. So it's definitely a possibility. So I think that's a possibility. And then the other thing, could be uh, an epoxy which is a two-part paint of course it's not very attractive kind of more designed for it's more garage. functional yeah it is more functional or you know you could look at some of the coatings that dice coatings makes they have like roller rock which is designed for pool decks that can work inside or out and that can be very attractive you can have like a tile finish on that or you can have a bit of a rougher finish on that which you know makes it kind of slip resistant so you have either the liquid finishes like that or tile finishes.
0: Now, let me ask you, Tom, the point of a drain in a laundry room, I mean, you're not really dumping water down there. Is this just in the event of an emergency? I'm just more from a curiosity standpoint.
2: I think so, yeah. I think it's designed to drain, you know, the laundry room. If the, if the laundry, you know, a lot of the washing machines, especially the older ones, if they broke, the floats never turn off. Yes, yeah, so I think the point of that drain is just to give that water a place where it can drain out. But, you know, one thing you might want to check is to make sure it's still going somewhere. I mean, I might dump a few gallons of water down that and make sure it's still draining. Cause if the drain's not working or it's blocked up or hasn't worked for years, then problem solved, right?
0: Right. Seriously. I mean, who knows where that's going to? So that's definitely the first part there, Laura, but definitely a small tile and epoxy coating. If you do need that drain to function, those are all great choices. This
2: is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Thank you so much for spending this part of these holiday days with us. We've got a lot going on this time of year, and we so appreciate you spending a little bit of your day with us. We hope that we are giving you the information that you need to help take care of home sweet home. And if we're not, reach out with your questions at 1-888-MONEYPIT, or you can always go to moneypit.com slash ask for the quickest possible response. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Remember, you can do it yourself.
0: But you don't have to do it alone.